trauma, stacked on trauma, stacked on trauma. And I'm like, you need to go to a therapist because how are you going to raise two boys and two girls when you have these um, trauma that you haven't dealt with? Um, So it's kind of hard when he didn't see how to be raised by parents. He never had that experience. So that was always his excuse. Well, I never had my parents raising me, so I don't know how to be a parent. And I'm like, nobody do. We all had to figure it out because there is no right or wrong way to parent and raise a kid, but it's also the only on-the-job training kind of position that you get. (laughs) For sure. We all have to figure it out. So I used to always tell them, I don't want to hear that excuse. Like, you use the same excuse over and over. I don't know how to be a dad. Hello. Welcome to the Nuts and Guts podcast. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Who do we have the uh, pleasure of speaking with? I'm great, by the way. I am Coach Mo. Coach Mo. Yes. Got you. And and we'll do, uh, for the listeners... Uh, for myself, what what all do you coach? And so I am a parenting and business coach. So I work with parents, families. Um, it could be single parents, married people that need help with co-parenting, and I also work with coaches for those who want to start a coaching business. So mm-hmm. those are pretty much my ideal clients: parents or working parents. Um, but pretty much parentpreneurs. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, how long have you been doing this? Um, I've been coaching officially a little over four years. Okay. My coaching business, but technically I've been doing it for a long time. Just wasn't charging anybody, but now I value myself. So I started a business and it's been great since then. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. I think I think we all need someone that we can uh, reach out to, and, and and even talk to on a regular basis uh, when it comes to. It is no manual to right. um, to this parenting, of course, and um, you know even being an adult, like you know, is is no is no nobody has the manual to life. Exactly. You know? And so if you can find someone that is a source of encouragement, I think that's a beautiful thing. Oh, yes, definitely. Okay. So how do you, how do you talk to these young kids? Like I'm talking about the young kids that, you know, when I get out my work van and I I go into a convenience store and it's a, uh, 12 or 13 year old come in there and, and, and they have a Pooh mask on <laughs> or a hoodie and it's 90 degrees outside humid in Cleveland, Ohio. You know, how do you, how do you eat? How do you start a conversation? How do you, cause the first thing I've, I've, hey man, take that off. And but <laughs> you, you get what I'm saying? How do I relate to a, I get that a lot because I actually have a 13-year-old son and I live in Las Vegas. So it's triple digits six months of the year. And I'm like, why do you have this sweater on? You're making me hot. 
Um, but we have to remember their generation is a lot different. They're in the woke generation. They have access to everything. Um, more advanced than we were. We had to figure stuff out. They get stuff handed to them. So we treat them more so like young adults because it's hard to hide stuff from them when they can uh, trust but verify. That's what I call it. <laughs> so they trust what you say, but they're going to go fact check because they have access to the internet. They didn't have to go look in like the library encyclopedias and dictionary like we did. Um, but it's easy to connect with them. They want to be heard. They want to be seen. That's why they're always on social media, trying to go viral. And they're so advanced in that technology um, era because that's all they know. We didn't have access to all those different type of things. Um, they didn't come from the speak when spoken to generation like we did. Um, you're able to be more transparent with them and it's kind of hard for adults to adjust to that because they were so used to not being an adult conversation. And now these kids are pretty much the inclusive generation where they're included in everything. We give them more um, freedom to speak up, speak out. They are coming up in the era of a lot of protesting, a lot of controversial um, things that's going on in the community, in the world. They experienced like the pandemic. They were forced to homeschool. So they did a lot of things different than us. And they're actually one of the like teenage age, specifically age around 13. With me having a psychology background, I have a bachelor's in psychology as well as a master's in psychology with emphasis in life coaching. And right now I'm in school for my PhD in psychology. A lot of studies as a researcher show that 13-year-olds are the highest like age group for suicide mm -hmm. because they're dealing with a lot more bullying because they're not as strong. They don't have that <laughs> backbone like we did. We'll fight our generation, like <laughs> millennials, stuff like that. We were the generation, we were really tough. We would sit in a circle and just talk about each other and it was just all jokes and fun and entertainment because we didn't have the internet to go to. But now they have to deal with cyberbullying, stuff like that. So they hold a lot in. Um, so it is good to talk to them because sometimes they need that outlet. They need somebody to check on them and do like a mental health check-in because they were suffering silence. We, we were quieted, but they hide behind those sweatshirts behind the hoodies, the jackets, because our we have two parents working, we're always busy. They're off on their own trying to figure it out. And they they suffer in silence. Like I have a suffer in silence, no suffer in silence policy with my son. Every week we do like self-reflecting and mental health check-in because I'm like, mm. what's going on? You're too quiet this week. Did something happen at school? Because he's experienced bullying for a long time, for years. And for a while, I was so busy with my business, I didn't even recognize it. Wow. You know what? And, and that's, that's my problem. You know, my problem is uh, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I come from the old school. I had two. I grew up both my parents, and they were old. Like, my parents were some people's grandparents' age. You know what I'm saying? My, my oldest sister is 10 years older than me. Oh, wow. You, you know what I mean? So I'm not eleven. Go ahead, my brother. <laughs> right. So so I come from that. So you know, like my dad, 
loved my uh, my sister's natural long hair. So like, it's like, it's certain things like I'm, I don't know how to, um, to address with my child. Like you said, like, I, yeah, I, you know, I'm just like, Hey man, toughen up. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's the first thing, you know, when she, my, my daughter said, I hurt her feelings. Mm-hmm. Be, um, my daughter's 15. And she said, I hurt her feelings because her braids was coming out. She had some, uh, I don't want to call them dookie braids, uh, box braids. Yeah. So, so they, I think they, they called them dookie braids back in the day, right? Yeah. All right, all right. So, <laughs> so she had box braids. And I was like, yo, man, your hair looked terrible. Like, yo, you need to pull that out. Like, And I'm saying, like, listen, my daughter goes to a predominantly Caucasian high school. Mm-hmm. They not gonna clown you for your hair. Now, if she went to this inner city school, like, yo, they gonna laugh you out of the building. Yes. So, and that's what I come from. So I was, I, I, I do admit that I was harsh. I, I did come to grips with that, you know, but I, I'm just used to a different, like, yo, man, like, that ain't it right there. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I don't, I don't know how to talk to my daughter, you know? Sometimes you have to, we, we have that tough love uh, mentality, but that's actually like a generational curse. Um, that's why a lot of people are reverting to gentle parenting now. Um, I help parents with that. Like, when people come to me say, oh, my kid got behavior issues, and I'm like, are you sure? and I can't talk to them and I'm like you know you are the one with the behavior issue and you're modeling what they're um, giving you back Mm. I wrote a book um, when my first year of business it was uh, five easy ways to change a child's behavior and people were like oh I need to buy that book because my kid is out of control and And once they got the book they realized it was about them Fixing the kid's behavior is fixing the parent behavior <laughs> so that the kid can model what you want them to be. Okay. Where, um, where can we where can we find this uh book, Coach Coach Mark? I might be putting it back online. I haven't sold it in a while because I wrote a few more books after that about co-parenting and stuff like that. And I was just thinking, because people have been asking about it, and I was just thinking of putting it back out as well. I, I think you should. I will buy it. I'll yeah, buy one today. Breaker like I, I will buy one today. Yeah, I created an icebreaker cards for family. Like I have a child edition, a teen edition, parent edition, co-parenting and family. Because how much do we really know about our kid and how much do our kid really know us? And this is what bridged the gap between me and my son knowing how to communicate with each other. Because when you think about it, if you, I asked one person, a parent, if you were to die today, and you only had your kids, you don't have no family, who gonna write your obituary and how much information do they know about you to be able to write it? They don't know nothing. Mm. She's like, they don't even know what city I was born in. They don't know where me and their dad met. They didn't know nothing. So I was like, this is the information we need to be talking to our kids about because they don't know us. They just know that's mom, that's dad. But who were you before you had a kid? What dreams did you have? What... um you feel having a kid like it's a lot of stuff our kids don't know about us and we don't know them so a lot of times we get wrapped up in society and life and just on a grind hustle 
and we forget to connect to them on a personal level. You don't know their favorite color. You might have known them when they were younger, but as they get older, they change. Mm. Um, so, like, I asked my son questions with the child cards. It'll be like, um, if you were able to change your name, what would you change it to? And then he told me, oh, I'll change it to Ethan. And that was the other option of what I was going to name him. And he was like, oh, really? And, like, I asked him about um, the teenage edition, about bullying, um, about what do you know about uh, sex? Because we don't know. Like, we haven't had that com- Well, we had that conversation since he was years old. I just add more every year. <laughs> But uh, a lot of stuff, we don't know about them. We don't know what they're dealing with at school because we're not sitting on campus. They don't do that like how our parents used to be able to come sit with us in the classroom, be on campus. Our parents don't have, we don't have that access uh, with all the school shootings and stuff. And it's just so to be able to be on campus and see what they're learning. My, um, oh, go ahead. You you can go ahead. Okay. No, my son is having those type of you know sexual feelings right now you know what I mean and I'm not going to go into detail you know I'm going to keep me me and his conversation private or whatever but you know he's having those feelings now you know and that was like one of the first things like when I seen him last week you know that was one of the first things he had said to me you know and so we, we just talked about it but even with that like I'm glad that he's coming to me about it and um, I, to be honest, and I, I don't want people to think that I, I just rag on my kids. Like, I definitely reassure my child, you know, how beautiful she is naturally, mm-hmm. you know. And also, you know, it's certain things I, I need to grow on, you know. But I'm very transparent with my, with my daughter. Like, she knows how ratchet her dad is, you know what I mean? Like, it's like no... <laughs> <laughs> like she went, she went to homecoming, and she like, nah, I don't want to ride with my mom. I want to ride with you because I know you gonna pop the moon roof, you yeah. gonna blast the music, <laughs> you gonna have the seats lean back. You know what I mean? Like, yo, she know, like, like she just gonna get a different vibe when she with her dad. You know what I mean? And she know that ain't, she can't get that from over there. You know what I mean? And speaking about over there. Um, it is very, very, very hard uh, co-parenting oh, yeah. um, for for myself, and I know, I know for so many others. Can you can you tell the audience, you know, maybe some of the horror stories? Not too personal. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to get you know nobody in a in a bunch or whatever. But uh, co-parenting is my expertise, so I teach how to co-parent successfully to be able to coexist in their kid's life because the goal is to raise mentally, spiritually, physically, and emotionally healthy kids. So I co-parent with my son, dad. He has four kids, four moms, four different states. We all co-parent together. (laughs) So there's some summers where I will have all the kids. There's some time where he will have all the kids and I get a break. Or he'll have them four days a week. I'll have them three if we live in the same state. Because we all, like, sometimes we'll be in the same state. We all came and born from the same state. We all met in the same state. But everybody branched out with their careers to different states. He's military. So um, it all, you cannot co-parent from a broken place. So first you have to heal. And that's what my um, co-parenting icebreaker card is about. Me and him created them together. We put up together 50 questions. Because you... 
you can't some people can't co-parent because they want to control and it's usually oh you can't do this um with my kid and it's not just your kid it ain't about you and that's what i gotta convince people like it's not about you it's about the kid take your feelings out of it you're co-parenting from a broken place because you're triggered by little petty things um because i used to be that person before me and my son died we sat down and hashed out everything for hours Tell me everything you don't like about me and what you wish I would change and what suggestions do you have so that we can be able to co-parent because I'm tired of the drama. I'm tired of everything. Like, I need you to be able to help me and then not be so combative all the time. And I had to help the other moms do the same thing because everybody had their own personal heart heartache. Nobody was ever in a relationship with him because he's Papa was a Rolling Stone. <laughs> He was he was in those streets, but me and him were childhood best friends. So I used to have uh, feelings because I'm like, my best friend made me a baby mama when he know that's not something, I, that wasn't goals for me. I deserved better, but it just happened to happen with him. <laughs> so it was things where he's like, let's have another baby. And I'm like, absolutely not because you have all these other situations mm -mm. there's no way and then he went out a baby by another person <laughs> uh, so so are y'all still best friends yeah we are we co-parent um from a distance because with the military most of the time the first like nine years of my son like he was out of the country um then he's in mississippi then he's in uh florida now he's in texas so I would send my son to him whenever he want. He always have access for a whole month. Whenever he's having personal issues, he can call and I could talk to him. His friends, hey, your boy going through it, you might want to check on him. His military friends, they'll call me and be like, hey, go check on your boy. Like, I think he's depressed. So I would call him and be like, hey, what's going on? Like, let's have a session. Um, but I didn't know, like, he was mad at me for like wanting to control everything, telling him how to be a dad when I wasn't allowing him to be the dad that he wanted to be. And I had to let go of that control because I'm used to being the boss, raising my kid, doing everything, making all the decisions. He's like, I don't feel like I have any control or any decision-making abilities. I can't do anything because you just go and do it. But that's me, alpha female. I just make it happen. I don't like waiting on people. Um, so I had to check myself and be like, hey, I know they're going to go on my timing. Just give him a chance. Let him do it. And once I started letting him make decisions, it got better. I get a break. It's a little easier on me because <laughs> I told him the best part of co-parenting is you get a break. You get to get some time back to yourself. You can focus on yourself. That's what I be yelling. You know, I, you know, my, my biggest thing is, um, not I'm not a similar story as uh as as uh as your child's father. You know, but I, I guess I did roll around a little bit. You know, I wanna say I was a rolling stone now. <laughs> <laughs> so so I think it may be some hurt feeling still from when I was rolling around. Yep. You know, but it's just like what I, what I'm trying to figure out is like how long does that last? You know, how long do you, how long are you mad at someone like a person? I, I promise you. I'm going to tell you a secret. Okay. 
with women, we closure. My son dad didn't give me closure until I was like 30. I've known him since I was 15. We had a kid at 22. <laughs> women want closure. So they will hold on to that hurt until they get closure, until they know the why behind the actions and why why we couldn't co-parent, why it didn't work out, why, why, why. And that's part of the, some of the questions in my deck of co-parenting cards. Why this? Why Coach, Coach Mo. Coach Mo. <laughs> How do you, hold on. How do you move on to different relationships and you haven't dealt with the one situation. It's easy. You know how people say the way to get over another person is to get under another one? No, I, I get all that. You bury it. So one secret about women, um, with my history of the last four years coaching people to co-parent, every time I have like a call, a consultation with them, it always end up in tears. And at the end, the guy always find out the reason she's giving them hell is because she missed her friend. Most times, often like women give up everybody for a relationship. They let their friends go, uh, side pieces, whoever, and invest all their energy into that person. So when they lose that person, like they're always used to spending time with that person, confiding in them, going to them emotionally, physically. Um, and when you lose that that best friend, you miss that. So that hurt is deeper because you gave your everything. That person was your everything. And then to lose that person, especially like sometimes it happens suddenly. Um, and it usually happened after having a kid because relationship change once a kid is involved because it's no longer about just you you gotta not be selfish and include somebody else but now you're stuck with that person you have a kid and the hardest part like what I struggled with my son is just like his dad so I'm raising like my best friend so it was like dang I miss this person I miss my best friend and now my son is just like him that's hurt that hurtful because mm. I feel like every day I'm reminded of you and I still don't know why this situation is the way it is. So they get constant reminders of you because your kid is like a product of you. In a lot of ways, they can't close those wounds because they're reminded through your child every day. Yeah, I think because um, my son has very long dreads and he's, uh, he's 12. And, and I, I do feel that way. I do feel like she... She want to cover his face, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because I like it. Like these people are weird, man. I, I promise you. I, 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 <laughs> I like. I'm really just like, hey, man. Like, let it go. And it's not that easy. But but listen, it is when you like. You know, if if I fell out with one of my peoples, right? Mm-hmm. The easiest thing for me to do is say, "It was my fault," and I'm sorry. Or, hey, man, like, I don't want to have these hurt feelings. Can we be cool again? You know, why or why why can't women just simply own up to their half of the BS? A lot of times there's unanswered questions. They seek to understand, but when they're not getting that understanding. But it's a line, it's always a line of open communication with me. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Always. So that's different. It's hurt. Um, There's some healing that needs to go on. And that's why it's good to 
ask questions like what's really the problem we had to sit and ask like what's really the problem and because i'm like why are you mad at me i'm the one stuck raising your kid you get all the freedom travel do whatever i never got child support i'm like i'll never ask for nothing what are you mad about and then i had to ask on that because i was like i'm offended <laughs> that you're mad mad for what but like, it's just like my my whole thing is like yo bring me the kids for two three four weeks like two months they come live with me like I'm not even I'm not even that type of person like I want you to live your life and that's the that's the killing part like man like what type of person are you like who don't want to break right like who don't need who don't want to chill who don't want to travel like it's just it's just really it, it's just like I can't grasp it you know what I'm saying and guess what I it's like a culture shock to me because I was raised with both of my parents so it's just like it's just weird like why wouldn't you want a healthy relationship with both parents for your child right and I agree and me I was raised by a single mom so it was different for me because I've seen my mom also do it daddy for nothing and just rock with it so it's second nature for me because I'm like oh I see my mom do it and most of the women in my family 99% were all staying home wives and they ran the house they did everything raised the kids so it's like oh I already know how to do this especially being 11 years different from my little brother I was raising him so it was on the he know because my family took him in when he was in um like foster care like he came to live with us in high school so it's like he know my grandma and that's why he he felt like you don't need help because you're doing fine <laughs> or you don't need child support because you make more money than me. It was like that. And I used to be like, uh, just because I don't ask don't mean I don't need help. <laughs> this kid is like me. I'm six one and his dad is six nine. My 13 year old is in the men's 14. And he's he's, oh, wow. he's a grown man. <laughs> For so, sure. So I'm like, um, do you know how much your son eat? Like, this is not a normal average teenager. He's like a grown man in men's clothes. I'm like, I don't even know how to shop for men. <laughs> right. I, I like, I, I, I think I got dealt a couple bad hands, or maybe it's in the cards, you know, the cards of that that was dealt to me. And I just try to have a, the best relationship I can with my children. But like I said, I don't know. I'm not mad at nothing that happened 10 years ago or, or 12 years ago. Or 15 years ago, like it, it, that just bothers me because I'm not, <laughs> I'm not upset no more. Like, yeah, man, whatever you call me, whatever you done did this, you done said that. Yeah, like, I, all right, man, I want everybody to live their life, right? That's and that's it. With um, co-parenting, I'll tell them, okay, this session, you got a whole hour to say whatever, say whatever's on your chest, let it out because. Now what? Now what are we going to do? Now that you know the truth, now that you know everything, you got all your questions answered, now what? Now we can go through how y'all going to co-parent peacefully. Um, because a lot of times they just need to hear the truth. Sometimes it's the ugly truth. I tell my son, dad, I don't care if it hurt my feelings. Like, just tell me. I need to know how you really feel. And that's how we hash out everything. They're good. Okay. It's been like he know how I feel. I know how he felt. I know what he want me to change or what uh, flaws I have as a mom. 
that he feel like I can improve on. And I was able to suggest things for him, like communicate with your kid more, check in with him. He shouldn't have to start the communication with you or reach out to you. You should be reaching out to him. Um, because my son, dad, he's one of, like, he's one of them people that if you don't ask, you don't give. <laughs> so I'm like, but it shouldn't be like that with your kid. Be like, I didn't know he wanted to talk to me. Okay, call him. Ask him. <laughs> He'll tell you. Kids are very brutally honest. Um, but very. It, it only hurt him when my son was like, I know you're my biological father, but this person is the person that raised me. And that like be like my spouse. That's my other dad. That's when it started hitting home with him. Like, oh, I do need to spend time with him because he just replaced me. Because <laughs> for a long time, he wouldn't let nobody else in. And I didn't. Wait for and him. guess what? That was my next question <laughs> about step parents. Um, not, I, I, well, you know, trust me, I got stepkids all over the world. You know, <laughs> I told you, I, I rode around a little bit. But I want to roll on stone. I rode around. Just, <laughs> <laughs> I rode around a little bit, but I wasn't. I wanted to roll on stone. But I got stepkids all over the country, and I, I still have a relationship with some. Um, but but it but it I'm talking about to that special stepkid that won't allow the step parent in that's trying to love them. And to me, it feel like they still holding on to hope, <laughs> hope of their their biological father to step in place. It's true. My, I had to have that conversation with my son because I have um, well, his dad had other kids. I have three other bonus kids. They actually call me mom. They confide in me. Sometimes I'd be like, "Hey, I know you comfortable talking to me about this, but I'm gonna have to talk to your parents about this because uh, this is real." <laughs> Um, be like, thank you for being comfortable enough to tell me, but this one I gotta I gotta break our little agreement and talk to your parents about this. But my son, um, like currently I'm in a relationship for the last two years. This is the first relationship I had since he was born. So for eleven years I did not date. I did not bring anybody Ooh, that was an adjustment. Go ahead, I'm listening. I didn't bring anybody around him. I was celibate for like seven years. I literally gave his dad opportunity to be that primary person in his life, but he never stepped up. It, we, we won't hear from him for three years, then he'll come back, then he'll leave again and come back. But that's how he grew up. That's all he knew, being in the system, not being raised by his parents, going from household to household to household. He's not used to stability. And me, with the psychology background, I had to understand Whenever he got close to people, they were taken away from him. They either died or leave. So he has a commitment issue. So that's mm -hmm. why he was never with any of his kids' moms. That's why he's never stable. That's why he chose the military, because he gets to travel and be gone and move around a lot. So he's scared to connect to his kids because he thinks the moms are going to take him away. So I had to understand the psychology behind why he do what he do. And I had to explain that to my son. Your daddy love you. He tell you he love you. He care about you. He enjoy when y'all do spend time together. But he's not okay. Mentally. 
and you just have to pray for him. You have to be patient. Um, that's when he started letting my boyfriend in because my boyfriend has stepkids and he was able to go hang out with my boyfriend and his bonus kids from his previous marriage. And he's like, oh, he still talked to him and his bonus kids are grown. They're in their 30s. And he's like, wow, he's been in their life since they were three. Like, maybe I should let him in because he went through this before. And then when he started asking him, can I talk to you whenever I don't want to talk to my mom about something? Can we go for a drive? Like he had to, um, he let me lead that introduction because it took like almost seven months before I even introduced him to my son. He knew I had a kid, but I'm like, okay. I respect that so much from you. Respect my boundaries. We still two years in, we live in two separate houses. We don't do the overnight thing unless we're on vacation. He respect those boundaries because my son is going to be the man in the house unless I'm married. We don't do the plan house. Mm-mm. <laughs> I, I really, I really like that. That is nice. Yeah. So those are like specific boundaries. Let me leave. What can I do with him? He's not going to discipline him. He'll let me know that up front. I'm not going to discipline him. Rest of my son I used to be scared of him. He used to speak up. Like if he was disrespectful, he'd be like, don't speak to your mom like that. And my son was scared of him. And I let him know like, oh, I don't do, he's old fashioned. So me and him are like 16 years apart. So he's one of those, um, he's a baby boomer, actually. He's a 60s baby. I'm an 80s baby. So he's into whooping and all that stuff. And me, I'm into gentle parenting. So we had to marry our parenting styles to come to a happy medium where I don't yell. I don't whoop my kid. He's a good kid. All you got to do is talk to him. And I used to tell him, like, the only three reasons he would be mad is if he's tired hangry or he misses that i find so i had to teach him those signs this is how you connect so it takes the other parent to connect you or educate you on them knowing their child you have to know your child to know how to get them to be able to bond or connect with other people and to be able to coach him and to like do this he like this video games he like go-karts so you can introduce him to that or he told them, oh, you like the Marvel movies. We can go see the next Marvel movie. That's how they connected. Their first um, like father-son date was to the movies, to see a Marvel movie. And he's like, oh, when the next movie come out, can you take me to the movies? Like, I wouldn't even invite it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, so y'all going out on play dates without me now. I never thought that would happen because in the beginning, he was closed off to that connection. Like, I don't need a new dad. And But now he's like, I need somebody to talk to, but I don't want to talk to you. So I'm calling him and they text and call each other and build that connection together. Or he take them with him and go visit his son or his grandson. So it takes the other parent to educate you on how to connect with that kid Mm. because they know the inside of what that kid went through with the other parent. Um, Like he will go through abandonment issues. So he's like, had to make sure this person is going to stick around because my daddy always leave. But he tells dad, like, you left me. So he wouldn't connect. And just the same issue as dad had with connecting with people because they leave, he started having that abandonment issue and commitment issue with being able to connect and get close to people. So I had yeah. to coach him on that and catch it early on. Like, why do you feel this way? Do you think he's going to leave? been around this long he's not leaving he told him even if me and your mom don't work out 
I'm still going to be there for you no matter what. And he see that because he see he did it with his other bonus kids. Sure. I mean, I think that's important, you know, just having someone, you know, just it'll take a community, you know, mm-hmm. like, like, like you said, like, hey, man, like, thing, that's, that's life is full of disappointments. And, and that's why I, um, I be trying to talk to my daughter and stuff like that about like, hey, like, you're going to get let down. This ain't the first. This ain't going to be the, the last time. And and I think that's the difference between us and them. Like, hey, you know, your mom and dad was like, yo, we go in the Dairy Queen when I get home from work. And when they get home from work, like, I'm tired. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to bed. Like, I'm about to have a drink. Whatever the situation is. Like, yeah. man, I thought we was going to Dairy Queen. We Maybe just, tomorrow. You know, and then just like, yeah, I don't. <laughs> like, I don't about um, you said what? Last week, his dad was like, I got a surprise for you. And then he didn't show up for the surprise. And I said, don't ever tell a kid in this generation, you're going to do something and you don't do it. Because they're not like us. They're not going to just brush it out. He going to hold you to it. And he going to be like, you lied to me. He writes you off as a liar. Like my son is one of those <laughs> revengeful grudge people. He will hold everything you say. And if you don't meet that uh, promise, oh, you this, you lied to me. So I don't believe nothing you did. Now you got to start all over with regaining his trust. <laughs> but that's how these kids are. They, they not okay. They, they go through a lot. They're very privileged and, it's hard to keep and gain their trust. So it's one of those things you got to save space for them. And that's what I learned about this new generation. They have to feel safe. Um, just like how women want that security and stuff. These kids are the same way. Mm. And what helps with um, raising kids of any age is knowing their love language. That's what drastically changed me and my son's relationship um, they have the five love languages.com where you can go take the kid test or the adult test. So he knows my love language is affirmation. So I have to hear mom. Thank you, mom. You're doing a good job. I appreciate all that you do for me. I have to hear that. Cause that's my love language. His is gifts. So he do something good. I reward him. I used to just do like, since he was a little kid, probably like two years old, I would have a box like um, in my closet from Dollar Tree, 99 cent only store, full of little goodies, coloring books, crayons, like pens, different phone cases, because they sell those for like a dollar there. Just little gadgets and trinkets. So when he do something good, I just go in my closet to that little box and pull out something to gift them. He'd be like, oh my gosh, you're the best mom ever. You know me so well. I done had this sitting in there for months. <laughs> just waiting to reward him or buy his favorite snacks. I'll put like a, get a snack bucket and all his favorite snacks. I'll reward him with movie night. And I used to do a reward board where you get the push pin board and put some flash flashcards on it. And I would have him write down everything he wished to do and want to do. And if he do something bad and he get in trouble, I take something off the board. If he do something good, we get to take, something and um do one of those fun things it could be simple as movie night going to Chuck E. cheese or something pizza night um but if you do something bad like you got disneyland on the board i'm gonna take disneyland off and you have to do something good to get it put back on 
but it was his way, his gifts is his love language. So I had to cater to that and think about that all the time and keep it in mind. He liked to be rewarded. Me, I like confirmation, reassurance. So once I learned his love language and he learned mine, uh, like my second love language is acts of service. He'll be like, mom, I wash the dishes or mom, I cook dinner so that you can get some rest. I know you've been busy. I appreciate that. That makes me so happy because it's the simple things that matter to me. It's also teaching responsibility too. Like he, yeah. he's gonna be, he's gonna be, he's gonna be all right as an adult. Oh yeah, he would be definitely one of those independent people. He washed clothes, take <laughs> the trash out, do dishes, cook everything. He know how to grocery shop, pay bills. I teach him how to budget. He knows about stocks. Like it's a lot of things they need to know before they turn eighteen. And I talked to him about credit. This week, his lesson was on social security number. Like, what is it used for? Why is it important? And just telling him about different documents because he have a passport. I take him to three different countries a year so that he can explore other cultures um, and just open his eyes to more than what I was introduced to. Because I grew up in Compton, in LA, in the hood. We didn't live the lifestyle that he lived now. So I teach them both sides. Like you can be humble, but you can still have this lifestyle. You go to private school. He went to predominantly white school. So he was the biracial kid because he's biracial. So he was the mixed kid at the school. He dealt with the bullying. Like you're not black enough. You're not Mexican enough. And he got to deal with that. But I teach him this is what life is. And I'm very transparent. And that's the important part. They have to be able to trust you and you got to, Tell him the truth. Like he used to be like, at five years old, I didn't think I would have a conversation with my kid about the police and the brutality. He'd be like, because I'm light skinned, am I okay? Am I gonna get um, shot by police? That hurt my heart. Cause I'm like, dang, I'm having this conversation with my mixed kid. He would come across as black, but he's like, oh, I'm light skinned, I'm good. And I'm like, no, baby, you know, you're not. <laughs> you're a six foot boy, like you're tall. You're still considered black. It's not okay either way. <laughs> but you got to have those serious conversations with them and, and let them ask those questions. Because some questions I'd be like, I can't even answer this for you, but I will find resources to get that answered. Because I'd be like, I don't know. Mm. Man, you man, you said a mouthful. <laughs> this, like, I'm, I'm dead serious. It, it, it's been a very, very dope conversation. I know a lot of my book readers that listen to this uh, platform, they would love to hear. I, I know some of them are off the market, but can you talk about all the books that you've written? So I have one, The Five Easy Ways to Change a Child Behavior. And I also have one, um, How to Co-Parent Like a Boss. So that's about like co-parenting. Um, one part is about the healing, the the come to Jesus moment, <laughs> like what's really the problem? How do you but, dig? But, but I think the person got to the person, the individual got to be ready to be like, All always, right. always. And 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 I don't think my co-parenting would never go anywhere as of right now because they're not ready. Yeah, and it do take you being open minded, being ready. Because um, when I do work with people, the reason why I have the consultation and I don't allow them to just pay for my program and be like, hey, let's 
uh, work together because you do have to be open because you got to be able to hear the hard, honest truth that uh, some people don't like when I say, like, who's to say you the better fit parent? <laughs> you the toxic one and your kids are stuck with you. They will be better off with the other parent. Like, when I give them that reality check. They'd be like, dang, coach, you didn't even have to hit me that hard. <laughs> well, well, can I can I say this? Uh-huh. All right, so... Um, so my, my daughter and with her mom and stepdad, they just moved like, and this is like my daughter's 15. She's probably moved 10 times mm-hmm. within the last, uh, I would say 10 years. And, 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 and that's being modest, you know, <laughs> and, and listen, hear me out. I, I understand people is not happy with the landlord. I understand people has different things or whatever they go through, but it's just like, where's the stability for the child? And yeah. and now my daughter this year is has to go in high school and meet new kids and get bullied. You know all the bullies at the other school. You know who your friends are. And it's just like, I just feel like it's just so selfish. And that's, but that's something that she learned from her mother. Yeah. It's generational curses. And that's what but, I- but the minute that you, the, the, I'm sorry, the minute that you say something to her, it's like, well, I'm this, I'm that, I have this many degrees, I have this. And I'm like, well, all right, I'm just talking about my child. Right. So that's when um, they, are not healed because they make it about them and not about the kid. And that's how you know when someone's not ready. It's always I, 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 and it's not about the kid. Because they're not putting the kid's feelings first. It's just in a selfish place. Because I tell my son, dad, like, you're selfish. Like, you're moving. Your kids don't see you. They know each other, but they don't know each other with you. Like, it was one time where they none of them have ever been with him all together. He never had all of them at once in one place i have the moms have because we take them to disneyland we'll meet up like hey i'm be in california this month are y'all free to come to california we take the kids to disneyland all the kids been traveling and doing stuff together they have a relationship but they didn't have a relationship with their dad so it came to a point where we was like okay well i want my kids to know their sibling so with or without their dad we're gonna make it happen and I introduced the moms together because because I was the best friend, I knew everybody. I knew all the chicks he was dealing with. So I'm like, oh, let me introduce you to the other baby mama. <laughs> I've known her for a long time. She's been around. So it was like, um, I talked to him about the instability, but then I knew it was a generational curse. It was something he never learned how to do. So it's the norm for him. He didn't see nothing wrong with it. I'll be like, oh, when are you going to leave now? Because he moved here to Nevada from Florida um, right before the pandemic, like 2019. I helped him. I let him come stay with me. I helped him get a place, get a job. He stayed here for two years. We traded places. So he had my son full time and I had him on the weekend. We did that for about a year. Uh, Pandemic happened. He up and left and went to Texas. And I was like, dang, that was quick. Like, this is the first time you ever lived in the same state with me and able to help out and you gone. It was just too much. 
it was too much. And he's like, well, I can't do it. I'm out. I'm going to Texas where my other kid is at. So it was like, I guess it's not his turn. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, and and that's the crazy thing. Like, you know, I, you don't know how, how someone's background is and, mm-hmm. and what was taught to them. And, and even with that, like, like you were saying, it's all... <laughs> Is is almost like a, like a like a culture shock or or even like how, trying to deal with these kids nowadays. Like, you know, we don't we don't know how to talk to them. And guess what? We don't even know how to deal with our own issues. Yeah. That we went through. And so it's just so much. And it's just like when somebody was like, Well, he wrong for that. And he we can sit up here and say, we gonna we can pull every excuse out of the book or why a person is foul or why a person is disrespectful or a person shouldn't be treating their kid that way. We don't even know what, or or he abusive verbally, physically, like whatever. Like we don't even know what they went through. Yeah. Cause it, it, everybody do stuff for a reason. It can be an unconscious reason. They don't even know they're doing it until you point it out. Cause a lot of times, like I did this where every year then I moved from California then I moved to Vegas then I went back to California for a few months moved back to Vegas and it's when me and his dad co-parent people think it's so crazy we don't even know like I don't even know where he lives I don't ever know this I know he live in Dallas that's it and he know I live in Vegas we didn't have each other address we would meet up in a common area since day one like it's like, you're not coming to my house. I'm not coming to yours because I don't want no drama coming my way. My place is the place of peace. And people just thought it was so weird. You send your kid to Florida to live with his dad for a month and you don't even know what city or address he had. I'm like, no, I know he's not going to put him in harm's way. I just had to learn to trust it. And people thought I was crazy as heck. I was like, no. <laughs> they was like, I would never send my kid. I'm like, it's his dad. He's not going to hurt him. Like, I've known him since I was 15, I know he's not going to cause any harm, but that's the good thing about knowing a person. Like you got to truly know who you're dealing with because you got to know their background. Cause that's the only way you're going to seek to understand. Cause you'd be like, Oh, I know why they did this. And me, I could easily say that, but like, Oh, he's this way because of this, because I know him. I knew what he went through. I know what he go through now, but it's all about, being friends that's why I, tell, I teach people how to be friends again be like be friends with this person like you don't even know what they're going through this is why they're lashing out on you because they're going through this like if you don't know none of that stuff you're gonna take everything yeah. i mean and i'm not, i don't really think i ever said this publicly but i think i think my son's mom had him strictly off of like her family not paying her attention a lot of people do that a lot of women they think it's going to make their life better. They're going to have someone to love that's never going to go away. Um, it's many reasons. I hear the craziest reasons. <laughs> like No, and, and I think that's the weirdest thing. Like when women be treating their sons like their boyfriends and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like that stuff is the is, is weird. Mm-hmm. Some is some some there. You know what I mean? But it, it's just stuff like that where. It is. It's weird because I I see it all the time. Like, hey, that's not normal. (laughs) I have to tell some people, like, you a little too involved in your kid life. Like, he's an adult. Like, 
I think you need to let it go. That's For sure. And <laughs> but I have because I deal with people that's empty nesters and they just too involved in their kids' life. And they're like, I don't know how to let them like trust that you raise them the right way and they can make decisions on their own. And it is what it sure. is. I deal with that with my son dad, his mom. And I'd be like, why are you sending me money and he's not sending me money? Oh, I'm just going to help you out because he can't. And I'd be like, but it's not your kid. But I had to change my mindset. As long as I'm getting help when needed, I'm like, I asked him. So why are you sending my kid school clothes? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I told his dad and he called you. And she would pay all his kids, child's like send money for all his kids. And I'm like, but these are not your kids to be taken care of. You need to teach him how to be a man and man up. Do, do, do you think that's some type of guilt within her? It is. It's guilt because she didn't raise him. Um, just like a backstory, she is in jail for life since he was like eight. So he lost Looking for a plumber in your Cleveland, Ohio area? Henderson Plumbing at 440-850-3431. So, you were saying, uh, so the mom, your kid's um, son's mom is in jail for life. Yeah, so his grandmother is in jail for life, and then his dad, his grandfather was killed um, when his dad was younger, like before the age of eight. So he didn't have the home where his parents raised him um, because he had to deal with his mom being married to his dad, losing his dad, his mom having a girlfriend, and that's the reason why she was in jail. Um, So he had to deal with with that issue, we had conversations where I'm like, what if your son came to you and told you he was gay? He's like, he wouldn't be my son anymore. And that's trauma because of his mom being lesbian. And it's just like a lot of mental things stacked on trauma, stacked on trauma, stacked on trauma. And I'm like, you need to go to a therapist because how are you gonna raise two boys and two girls when you have these, trauma that you haven't dealt with um so it's kind of hard when he didn't see how to be raised by parents he never had that experience so that was always his excuse well i never had my parents raising me so i don't know how to be a parent and i'm like nobody do we all had to figure it out because there is no right or wrong way to parent and raise a kid but it's also the only on the job training kind of position that you get (laughs) for sure we all have to figure it out so I always tell them I don't want to hear that excuse like you use the same excuse over and over I don't know how to be a dad okay well let's start let me help you I'm look at my background look at what I do for a living like I can help you do that and then you want to say oh but you're controlling everything but if you say you don't know how to do it and I'm trying to help you how is that control it like if I see you struggling with something I'm gonna tell you about it but that's black that's black ego and that's black and that's black pride it was 
And like, I don't want to tell you because I sell them like this is how you communicate with your daughter. Send them a card. They like this. Send them this. Their love language is this. And I'm like, I know them more than you because I spend more time with them. And I will tell them how to connect with each individual child based on their personality, based on their love language. I'm like, you can't be hard with this one because this one is really sensitive. Your daughter will cry if you yell at her. She's not used to that. And he's a military guy. So he's very strict and stern. And I'm like, but your son's not used to that because I don't yell at him. I don't do that. And but he'll come with the whole we have opposite parenting styles. So he's a authoritative uh, parent and I'm an authoritarian. So me, I'm more laid back. I seek to understand. Um, that's how I know when he has certain behaviors. I'm like, are you hungry? But me as a parent and knowing him, I know to have breakfast ready before he wake up because he wake up hangry <laughs> and we're going to have a bad morning. And me, I protect my energy at all costs, even from my kids. Um, so I know I'll have lunch by this time because he's going to be ready to eat again. Cause if I have to deal with his attitude and he hungry or he tired, I'm like, go to sleep, get away from me with that negative energy. I'm that parent. Mm -mm, bye. He'd be like, why are you burning sage? Because you and your negative energy, mm -mm, here's some blessed oil. <laughs> I'm afraid. Go pray about it. Mm. Walk away and start over. Think about it. Then he'd be like, mom, I'm sorry. I was just hungry. I know. So I didn't punish you for being having an attitude because I already knew what the issue was because I know him so well. And I know when he missing his dad, I'd be like, you need a hug? Yeah, because he's one of those kids that hug you 20 times a day, tell you I love you every five seconds. Can I have a hug, mom? I wasn't the touchy-feely kid because my mom didn't ever hug us. It was never that type of connection, that um, affection. I didn't hear my mom until I was an adult to say I love you. My kids every five seconds. And I'd be like, you just told me you love me. I know. I had to get used to that. So you had to adjust to the kid. <laughs> and you got to really know them. But if he got to Yeah, because you start, time... <laughs> you'll start pushing your, your child away if they that type like, of let, loving person. Yep. And then you didn't get that type of love. So it's just like, man, like, I'm, man, get away. Like, I ain't used yeah, to it. That, like, you are, like, you know, I, I, he had to learn that touch and feel is my least love language. I don't want you to be just come up to me hugging. He want to cuddle. Let's have movie night. He'd be all up under me. And I'd be like, give me my space. And like, he'd be like, why are you yelling at me? Why are you pushing me away? And then he feel bad and neglected. And I have to be conscious of that. That's one of his love languages that's high on the list. And that's my lowest. But I have to deal with it. Because <laughs> he'd be like, I'm like, I don't want him to develop abandonment issues and like lack of affection. Because uh, my boyfriend be like, why did he tell you like every five minutes, love you, mom, love you, mom. And I thought he would break out of it being a 13-year-old. I'm like, dang, you about to go to high school and you still doing this? You still smother me? You want hugs every five minutes? I'd be like, Ugh. my boyfriend be like, you really cringe because I'm just like not that touchy-feely person. I'd be like, oh, just let me go. Leave me alone. Give me my space. <laughs> But it was just like you were saying earlier, you know, these are young adults, so maybe he really do appreciate his mom. Oh, yeah. You know, and maybe he, he's aware of the situations. Man, he, these kids so smart. They are. And they pick up on everything. Like you said, you can't hide. Like when I used to smoke cigarettes, man, I used to try to <laughs> do everything to hide the smoke. Y'all, dad, he was out back smoking a cigarette. Huh? Like you, they just they just know. Yeah, and a lot of people agree with, like, 
the gentle parenting because they feel like you're more so trying to be your kid's friend. But I see it as a partnership because I I give him options. Um, my generation, like the millennials, what where our parents screwed up, it was always that speak when spoken to, uh, be quiet, um, type of mentality we don't get no option. You eat whatever I give you kind of thing. His dad is the same way. He's like, he going to eat whatever I cook. And I'm like, then you wonder why he mad at the table or don't want to eat. It's, ask them what they want to eat. So you can have a stressless day. <laughs> yeah. But I give him options and I help. I ask him for his opinion when making decisions like moving. We're moving back to California next month. I'm like, how do you feel about moving? Because I know he hate moving. And he's like, I do want to go back to California. We've been here eight years. He's like, I miss my friends, my godma, my cousins, my grandfather, my aunties and uncles, because everybody is there. And I'm like, okay, I just wanted to make sure. Like, are you sure? Do you want to go to private school or do you want to try out the public school? And so I asked him and people be like, his dad be like, I wouldn't ask him. He's just going to do whatever or go to whatever school. And I'm like, I don't do that. Because when he become an adult, how is he going to learn to make decisions if I have options to be able to do that? Like, I want to develop his decision-making skills, him to really think stuff out, lay everything on the table, strategize, like, hey, this is what I like, this is what I don't like. I don't want to wear a uniform, so I'll try this. Or I do want to wear a uniform, I'm okay with going to, like, a a Catholic school or Christian school. It's, It's important to let them decide because they already don't exercise their creativity side because they're always on games we went outside we play games we are the creative generation um because we made up games we had to figure it out oh yeah for sure (laughs) so i make him do that like some days i agree with his dad where he'd be like during the week no electronics so all he can do is read books and then sometimes we'll reward him with his electronic be like read 10 pages and I think it's important when you're reading something, I'm not going to just give him a comic book. I'll let him read his 10 pages and then he have to come to me and tell me what he read in chronological order. Because I was like, what if you become a witness in an accident? You can't, your story can't be all over the place. So I need the chronological order from what happened from beginning to the end. But I'm helping him build those skills because I'm like, anything can happen and you'll be a witness and you can't even recall everything in order. And your story is all over the place. You can't be a credible witness. And people be like, that is so uh, real. Like, I never thought of it that way. I'm like, if your kid can't tell you they just comprehend what they read, they're not building that skill. Like, They need to be able to recite everything. Yeah, my mama should have did that with me because I don't know half the time. <laughs> we get a book every day. Yeah. My mom... She was um, in college. We would go to her college classes with her because she was a single mom, didn't have a babysitter. We would sit in the back of the class. Her teacher let us come at night school. Uh, she went to work in the morning school at night. And every summer, we did summer classes with her. But we had to have a book every week. We went to the library, switched out our book. We had to tell her what we read, do book reports, write about it. But it helped us now. That's why I'm I'm a career student. That's what people call me. <laughs> like, you going back for another degree? And that's why I'm a researcher. I'm, I'm so happy for you, too, though. Man, get, do whatever you want to do. Live okay. it up. My that's friend, what you want to do? That's your life. 
he admired it. He wanted to be a kidpreneur. So I'm like, okay, let's do a business plan. And people are like, you really got your kid doing a business plan? I'm like, my clients hired me to teach their kids how to do build a business. So they trust me with their kids. Why can't I be trusted with my own and teach them how to grow and make a business? Sure. He wanted to be an entrepreneur. All his uncles, like all my uncles were husbands. They all were entrepreneurs, had their own business. All the women were stay-at-home wives. My generation is opposite. The women are the entrepreneurs and the men, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> the women are taking care of the men. <laughs> and the roles switch. So this generation, I want them to switch back to the men being the ones taking care of the household. For sure. Never working for nobody. And that's how my uncles were. That's how I was taught. Like, don't work for nobody. Work for yourself. Even though we work for people and ourselves. Um, right now, I'm just a time entrepreneur, but there's times where I will go back to work. Because um, recently I was working last month. But people see him and they're like, he wants to be a science teacher or he wants to be a YouTuber. He wants to be a video videographer. So I let him be the photographer for my business. He do all my photo shoots. I promote him. I pay him to be my assistant. He has a salary. That's and great money. It's great money in that business. I mean, you're talking about, you know, we're not even talking about people that's working under you eventually, like, you know, right. and, and the type of money that they're going to make for the business. You right. know, you, I, I just had this conversation with my son about gaming, the gamers. Like, oh my gosh, the, the multi-million, hundred million dollars a year just off of just sampling games. My first kidpreneur, I helped him build his YouTube channel. He's a gamer. So I teach him how to do the editing of the videos, record with equipment, how they all set up. Because mom was like, I don't know nothing about this. And I'm like, my son is a gamer. I'll teach him. And his YouTube channel started blowing up. And he's like, he's like, if it wasn't for you, like, I didn't know what to tell him. And he was happy. He was eight years old. Wow. He was my client. <laughs> and they were like, wow, you really taught an eight-year-old how to build a YouTube channel and record his videos and edit them and, and he was happy he was just like oh my god so excited each step each coaching session he's like I did this and I was able to do this I'm sending you the video I'm like wow like I was shocked because I'm they, like <laughs> yeah, they, they pick up on everything they, they, oh, yeah. they, oh man a sponge they're easily molded the younger like I always ask my son every year what do you want to be when you grow up it changed all the time. It started as a science teacher, started as a math teacher. I want to be a professor. <laughs> then it's, I don't want to go to college. I want to work for myself. I want to start my own businesses. Then he wanted to be a vending, have a vending machine. Right now, he's like, can I buy a vending machine and start a vending machine business? Or can I do this? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, can I book your coaching calls and be your assistant since you have a virtual assistant? Like I have a um, assistant for social media. I'm like, I don't want to be on social media anymore. I want to focus on the backside of business. You can have it. You can create the content. I don't want to do none of that no more. So like I hired somebody. So he's like, well, can you hire me? And I'll do the other clerical stuff and your photographer. I'm like, sure. How much are you going to charge me? Let's do a business contract. And, like, I teach them how to legalize everything. Like, don't just do it and be like, oh, this is just my side hustle. No, we're going to have a contract. You're going to have a salary. You have a bank account. Yeah, for sure. Learn the trademarks. To do it the right own, own the tra trademarks. Yeah, for sure. So I tell them, what do you 
name your business like what who's your ideal client like i literally teach them like i teach my clients and he'd be like i don't know so i'm like well when you figure that out then we'll go forward with the next step if we can't do a business don't have all these questions answered you're not ready yet and he's like okay i'll think about it because i'm like what do you want your brand colors to be we can make a logo what do you want your logo to look like like i really go deep with him um, because the kids, like, they need to learn how to create something on their own. I tell them, you're not going to be that kid depending on your mom the rest of your life. Like, you got a good life now, but you got to provide that for yourself later on. For sure. <laughs> so, I'm like, uh, the military going to pay for you to go to college because you're dad. But if you don't want to go to college, just go just because it's free. And get however many degrees you need to get. You can get an entrepreneur business degree. And I'm like, your dad has a business degree um in business um management you can get a business degree in entrepreneur so i always teach them like there's other things you can do you can go into it and learn more about technology uh ai all that stuff i'm like you want to do photography go to photography school there's options but it's just sure. communicating with them you have to talk to them to know what they want because the earlier you talk to them about it, the more time you have to prepare and get them set to do what they set out to do. For sure. And, you know, I'm, I, I do my children the same way about business um, and about college. Like, I always tell them, like, hey, don't just, you know, we don't have the same things lined up far as, like, you know, outside source paying for, for our children's college. So I want to I wanna teach my kids that. Hey, like, man, have have different options. Right. You know, where, you know, that may not be, like, if you just going to, just to go, and you don't have a plan. Oh, yeah. You know, you're going to rack up all this money, and it's I, just, it's going to be a waste. All the time. I mentor teens, and I coached cheerleading for a long time, um, and I had, like, the elementary, middle school, and then I did high school. And I went back to my old high school, Compton High, and I mentored those kids. Like, it makes me proud now that I'm seeing them get their bachelor's and master's. They're becoming moms. And I'm like, oh, my God, those are my babies. And they see me do it. I was the example. And I'm, like, helping them get scholarships. And I would tell kids, college ain't for everybody. Um, there's trade schools because I did go to college for a few years, um, getting my bachelor's degree. Before I finished it, I went to pharmacy school because I changed my mind. Like, oh, this takes too long. I'm going to do the six-month pharmacy program, become a pharmacy tech. Then I was like, okay, I'm going to go back to get my uh, – because I don't like leaving things unfinished. So I was like, I'm going to go back to finish my degree. I only have one year left. So people were like, what's pharmacy tech? I'm like, yeah, I'm licensed in different things, but – it's just the fact I wanted to have a backup career. If anything happened, medical field is always there. Mental health field is always there. So I had a pure mm. career in either one. Um, even though I decided to become a life coach, because I don't want to dig into healing your past. I want to help you from here going forward. And that's the difference between like a therapist, a counselor, or a life coach. Um, we can't resolve past. <laughs> and that's another big thing about co-parenting that I point out to people, stop trying to solve the blame and focus on solving the problem. We know who did it. Now what? Who cares? <laughs> what are we going to do to fix it? And a lot of people focus on the blame. Well, you this, you that, okay, and now what? 
<laughs> but um, it that was an issue with me. I'm like, oh, you left me to be a single mom. Okay, now you're a single mom. So what are we gonna do about it? <laughs> sure. Come to that realization, like, okay, you can't cry over spilled milk. Yep, because it you can't. Know, it, that's why I don't. Do- yeah, is nothing to change, and that's what my major now. People are like, but you're about to be a psychologist. I'm like, but of the workplace, I'm an industrial organizational psychology, so I'm a psychologist of business, psychologist of the workplace. Um, it's different because you're not solving, focusing on trauma, <laughs> you fixing companies and the broken systems and the inequality, and you teaching them how to um, grow their business, how to develop people how to um, motivate their employees it's a whole different level so i'm like i'm not going to be like the lay on the couch psychologist no i go into businesses and shake it up and be like hey you got some inequalities here um but that's why i'm writing my dissertation about like inequalities of african-american women in the workplace a lot of get disqualified when they're mom because most companies know if you're a mom, your kid's going to come first. They'd be like, forget this job. <laughs> My kid's sick, I'm leaving. <laughs> For sure. But parents have a disadvantage in corporate America. Um, well, any workplace. For so. sure. Man, it sounds like you got a lot of stuff figured out. Oh, yeah. It's and, a um, I, I, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think, I think you can help so many people especially our, our our young children and even us adults too though to kind of just uh leave some stuff in the past so look i'm going to send you my baby mama's numbers and then you can call it no i'm just playing i'm, I'm joking <laughs> but anyway so i and want I you to give a link uh to share with your audience uh, oh yeah please please share 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 this is now now is the time to share for the ebook, the five easy ways to change your child behavior. Um, I'll get a link together to send it to you for them to be able to download it. Okay, for sure. I'll look for that. And um, how can uh, someone uh, want your your help? How can they find you? Well, I'm on here, the podcast, all platforms. Um, it's Tea with Coach Mo. Um, or and it has all my uh, links in the description of any episode um, also on Instagram Monique Atkins Coaching TikTok same Monique Atkins Coaching and um, or MoniqueAtkinsCoaching.com okay I like that well I thank you so much for your time no problem thank you for blessing my platform um, like I said if you, if you need anything from me and I think I'm be reaching out to you all for a couple of things because uh, you definitely are a wealth of information and uh, I appreciate you once again for your time. Oh, no problem. Anytime. For sure. Hey, guys. Hey, that's it. We we, we done with Coach Mo. This is the Nuts and Guts Podcast. I'm your host, Black Paco. And um, that's it. Peace.